You're listening to the Plane Talking UK podcast, the UK-based podcast written by a passenger for anyone. And here are your hosts, Carl Stebbings and Matt Smith. Well, hello and welcome to episode number 168 of the Plane Talking UK podcast. I'm Carl Stebbings and joining me in the lounge studio again this week is my co-host Matt Smith. Hello everyone, hello. Uh, we're having the mickey taken out of us in the chat room, by the way. Really? Because it's just like somebody said last week, uh, Thomas uh, Mandrake said, last, laugh, laugh my ass off last week they couldn't finish the show and now this week they can't start it, which <laughs> is about right. We are running about 40 minutes late, ladies and gentlemen. We'd normally start at but uh, Matt had a couple of technical issues uh, which he had to address. But it's all good now. Everything's hunky-dory. So humble apologies, everyone. There seems to be an alarming amount of amusement about my, um, uh, if you are watching on YouTube, my my um, my, my um, microphone cover is causing an alarming <laughs> amount of amusement. Uh, in Mild amount the, of amusement. Um, yes, indeed. No, I'm going to go with alarming. alarming. I'm going to stick with that. Yeah. Absolutely. So we have got a guest joining us in the lounge studio. You uh, nearly again. said kitchen studio, kitchen didn't you? <laughs> oh, force of habit. I can't remember remember the last time we were in the kitchen studio oh, no. actually <laughs> we've been barred from there oh, we? yeah so uh, the um the, the guest we have in the uh, the lounge studio this week is the same guest as we had last week because hey. he hasn't left no, he, no. He's, <laughs> he's been loitering in my house for the last week so welcome owen Lottery in your house. No, lottery in Matt's house. <laughs> no, yeah, absolutely. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's all right. But it's yes. all right. The food's good there. Mother does the cooking. Oh, yeah. yeah. <laughs> so well, welcome, Owen. How, how are you anyway? I'm not too bad. Not, good. Too, not too bad. Glad good. to be back. Good. Good. It's nice to see you again. Yeah. 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 After, after, what, five days? I know. Have, yeah. you actually, have you actually flown anywhere this week? Yes, I have. Oh, yeah. <laughs> I, I did uh, five, five destinations this week. Oh, very I nice. I did uh, Ibiza, Poitiers on the first day. Next day was home standby. Day after went to Cagliari in Sardinia. Mm-hmm. Next was mm-hmm. Las Palmas and Palma de Mallorca to finish. Wow! So wow! Busy week, week. For Owen. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. Yeah, 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 yeah. So we've got two more guests as well. Have we mm. joining us via Skype this week? And so we're going to say we're going we're going to save the best to last. So we'll say hello to Matty Fab. Welcome. <laughs> <laughs> That's a bit rude. <laughs> oh no! Well, I, I was going to say ladies first, but. Yeah, that, yeah. That's, that's, that's that would have been a far that, less <laughs> offensive than what just come out of your oh, mouth. Oh, Matt, he yeah. knows we love him. <laughs> no, no, welcome totally back agree. on. You're not wrong, Carlos. You're totally right. I know. Welcome <laughs> back on, Matt. It's lovely to see you back, uh, yeah, back thanks, again. Thanks for having me on. Nice to be here again. We've been uh, been following your progress on uh, on well on the various YouTube mm. and Facebooks and stuff, and it looks like you've been having rather a busy um, cool, yeah. sort of sort of year so far for you. Yeah, yeah, getting some different uh, things. In a logbook, so yeah, all good. Yeah, good. Well, <laughs> we'll talk. Getting we'll, some different things in his oh, logbook. We'll, we'll talk about that. So we'll, we'll have a good old. We'll have a good old catch up with Matty. Yeah. Um, later, and also joining uh, Matty via Skype as well. We've got someone else who's been moving on in leaps and bounds mm. this year. So welcome onto the show, Myla. Hi everyone. Oh, oh how are you, Myla? <laughs> I'm fine, thanks. Good, yes. good. So good to be back. Yes, yeah, we haven't we haven't had you on for a while, so, but you've you've mm. been incredibly busy. Been busy as well. You've yeah. been very very busy, you know, and you've uh, you've acquired yourself a, a very um, very nice position, haven't you? Within, uh, within yes, a... I have. It's well, it all went very fast. You get a phone call and they ask you if you can be in Dublin a week later, and you say yes, and then a week after that you get the results. So wow, 
That wow. is very cool. I know it's so good. Well, isn't again, it? we will talk about that in greater yeah. greater detail later on. So, uh, but the, it's, uh, it's housekeeping time. Housekeeping time. So it's the 9th of June, yeah. and it is quarter to eight. Yes, yes, a little bit later than original <laughs> plan, but we'll gloss over that. And I move know. On. Uh, <laughs> so, welcome uh, as well to everyone who's joined us in the chat room uh, this evening. We've got uh, we've got Lowe, we've got Glenn Taylor, Jen Miffer, mm. Lane Street, Liz Piper, Mariana, Mark Harvey, Miami Hick. Uh, Paul wow. Trickers in there. Uh, we've got uh, Rick Bell, Richard King, Thomas Mendrakey, Tony S, uh, Micah's in there. Just scrolling down the list here. Have I missed anyone else? Have I missed anyone else? I don't think I've missed anyone. Have I? Matty Fab and Myler in the chat. Yeah, I've right? heard of them. Yeah, yeah, I've heard of both. <laughs> Which of is those. always handy. But uh, yes, um, absolutely. Yeah, Liz Piper. I don't think I've missed anyone out, have I? No, no. probably. But no, that's probably. all right. It's fine. But I mean, you know, I mean, you insulted one of our guests at the top of the show, <laughs> so you know, <laughs> Alice doesn't do charming. <laughs> no, no, indeed. Thank no. You. Thank no, you. We, we leave that to the Irish. That's that's all part. <laughs> of so part. before we start the show, we <laughs> have got, uh, as Matt said, a little bit of housekeeping we to do. do. Indeed, absolutely. Oh, that, that sounds good. Oh, it actually works. Well done. Yeah, all right. Look, <laughs> look I had a couple of issues at the start, but, you oh. know. Honestly, so that music God, is... He's, he's in one of those moods, isn't he, ladies oh. and gentlemen? He's picking on everyone oh, no. today. No one, ladies and gentlemen, is safe. Brace yourselves. And Benjamin Todd. You missed Benjamin oh, Todd. Oh, Benjamin though. Todd. Yeah, sorry, sorry, and Benjamin. And Lane Street as well. And Lane. Oh, I did yeah. say Lane oh, Street. Oh, did you? Oh, okay. Yeah, right. yeah. Okay, that's fine. <laughs> anyway, <laughs> sorry. I'll shut up now. Yeah, so that music, as everyone knows, is the Earl Grey Fund music, and it's our chance to say a huge thank you to everyone who has been donating to us via Patreon. As you all know, the Patreon uh, donations helped me and Matt to um, put together this mass amount of cabling <laughs> each week, <laughs> and uh, enables us to uh, do the show and do visit the um, different air shows that we're going to be visiting mm. this year. And I'm actually I've got a meeting tomorrow have, with yeah. uh, one of our um, local air shows here, not far from us, and we're hopefully going to be doing a live broadcast from that air show uh, via satellite. So that should be fun. But uh, it's mm. a massive thank you, as always, to all our Patreon donators. Um, so we're going to quick, quick run through all the amazing people who donate each uh, week to each month to us. So Adrian Meacham, we've got Captain Jeff, uh, Dr. Steph, Stuart Black, Jeff Newman, Liz Piper, Adam Spink, Matt Donamire, Jeff Ward, Ben Todd, York Mola, Philip Labe, Captain Al, Adam Spink, Matthew Bunting Frame, uh, Myla, Ryan Harper, Jenny Parkinson, Schutbacher, and Ray Williams. So, massive thanks to all you guys for your very generous donations this week. Don't forget, if you do want to uh, join uh, our Patreon list as well and uh, you want to donate, if you can, mm. we, you know, it's only if you Absolutely. can. So, if you've yeah. got a, an extra quid that's fell or fell behind, or an extra dollar that's fell behind the sofa at home, and you want to donate, if you take yourselves over to the website and there's a link on there to Patreon and uh, you can do it, or you can do it by the old-fashioned way, PayPal, which is another way you can uh, donate to the show via PayPal. And uh, it's very, very much appreciated indeed. It certainly is. And uh, also as, as, a, uh, as, a, as a, kind of, um, uh, a kind of special thank you to everyone who donates and all our listeners as well, We've obviously got our kind of visit to London next year for our two mm. hundredth show, yeah. and uh, we're gonna we're gonna be um, kind of we've got um, uh, a few of our Patreon donators who are joining us in London mm. who are in the UK on the day, but we've also got spaces for uh, some of the listeners who yep. want to join us in London for our two hundredth show, 
and uh, joining us at the NP Simulations, uh, where me and Matt and Owen and also uh, Neville went yep. as well a few weeks or a few months or a month back, wasn't it? Indeed, though? yeah, absolutely. And so yeah. If you, basically, if you'd like to be considered uh, to come and join us uh, for that... We have had a few emails in. We have, good, yeah, yeah absolutely. Yeah. But please, keep those emails coming in. You need to send them, please, to podcast at plaintalkinguk.com and basically say that you are able to be in London on the... I've forgotten what the date was. Uh, I think it's the 10th. Bear with me. I should yeah, look on I my diary. It, yeah. Quickly, children, quickly. It's we January the... I think it's the 10th. I think, I think it is the 10th. Yeah, Saturday, January the 10th. I no, think. the 10th of January is a Wednesday. So it's okay, not so it's that. not that. No. <laughs> I think this is going really well, ladies and gentlemen. I think it's the 20th. It's either the 20th or the 20th. I've got it written down upstairs. Okay, well, that doesn't help us right <laughs> now, does it? <laughs> Owen, you must have it in your machine because you booked something off for it, didn't you? So. Yeah, I think it's, so it's either the 13th or the 20th. Okay, right, good. All right, well, before we finish the show, ladies and gentlemen, we will actually have the date. But when we've found that date, you need to send uh, your, your, your request, if you like, to come and join us, because I'm afraid it is only, it is invite only. Yeah. Uh, but so base, basically, if we've got space, basically, you, you'll get in. So please yeah. email us at podcast.plaintalkinguk.com. Yes, and absolutely, one, if, if we're oversubscribed, then we will, we will do. I think we will be. Okay, all right. <laughs> I think then, we will we be. We'll be doing a draw. Okay, fair enough. Uh, so yes. It's going to be a good day. Okay. Yeah. Anybody found the date yet? I mean, oh. you know, I'm stalling. Is you yeah, stopped? Sorry. No, no, you no, both no. stopped. Stop, stop, stop <laughs> right. I, I have. I've. Well, huh. it's, I think I'm pretty sure it's the twentieth. Okay. Of good. January. Yeah. Absolutely. If you I say so. <laughs> I, I don't believe you. But, um. Well, well the twentieth would be my middle day off. So, I, and I think that that's, sounds. About, I, I think, think that was the twentieth of January. Yeah. yeah. Oh, we're really good at this, aren't we? I know. <laughs> that's preparation for it. That's preparation Absolutely. for it. But oh, and it, I've changed phones, so I can't look it up. I know, and I and I don't think it's in my um in my. Oh dear! Either. Well, that was rest assured. It will actually be happening. Yeah, no, yes. it's definitely happening. That's, <laughs> it's that's, January. You've been in, you've been in contact with them today, haven't you? So yes, I have actually been in contact yeah. with the guys there today. So. Yeah. Um, it's all rather exciting stuff, Indeed. especially yes. if uh, so there's someone who hasn't been or hasn't had a chance to ever fly in a, in a flight simulator before. It's uh, a good, a good chance to. Obviously, for some of our listeners, it's a bit of a stretch to come all the way from the US, but um, we'll hope we're hopeful that uh, a lot of our UK listeners will be able to join us on the day. So we are, we'll be able to move on with some news, I yeah, suppose. Right. Okay, so yeah. we are going to start the show then, as we do each week, with our rundown of the weekly news from around the world and the UK. So if you're ready, Matt. I certainly am. If you're ready, Owen. Yes. He's eating. He's eating. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, 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 and absolutely. if you're ready, Matty and Myla. I'm ready. Let's go. So, kicking off this week's first news story on the NBC, oh, NBCBayArena.com. God, where do I find his website? Oh, who knows? <laughs> who knows? So, uh, the uh, headline, because of obviously we, we do like a bit of uh, airline uh, baggage loss scandal. So, this one, airline loses man's bag twice and then sends him a car part instead. So, uh, <laughs> so we regularly so complaints and stuff about baggage loss. This is the first time, however, that have been asked to help someone whose airline lost their luggage more than once. 
Early this year, Petrano embarked on a transatlantic jaunt that took him from uh, San Francisco to Iceland, Sweden, Holland, and then back to SFO via Iceland and Newark and New Jersey. The bag he checked arrived everywhere in Europe, but it was missing when his WOW air flight landed in Newark. So uh, the bag, uh, so it says here that bags are mishandled more than 4,600 times a day, according to statistics provided by the U.S. Department of Transportation. So he immediately filed a report with Wow Air five days wow. later uh, at Wow's headquarters in Iceland. They sent him an email informing him his duffel bag was located, and they will be it will be sent to him via FedEx. So he was rather happy at this because that's exactly what he wanted his bag back but then a large oblong box arrived at his doorstep <laughs> uh, it was about seven feet long and bigger than his own body he explained and there was no way that this was <laughs> this was his duffel bag the label indicated the long uh, skinny box had been shipped from wow air at newark airport and only it's not my luggage he said it's a gigantic car part from toyota motors <laughs> Petrano contacted wow. Wow Air and discovered that after it found after they'd found his lost luggage in Newark, they lost it again. This oh is when no. everything sort of snowballed out of control, he said. So he returned the box and kept on at Wow Air about his bag's whereabouts. He emailed them every two or three days but received no response. He said that he kept a tally of the days Wow Air was silent and he stopped counting at 50. Uh, finally, he sent uh, his photos to, uh, to this uh, particular claims company, and they wanted to know how he could be compensated and how Wow Air could confuse a seven-foot-long car park for a small duffel bag. In a statement, a spokesperson said that somehow there was a mix-up, and his bag got the same tracking number as the car park he received. Petrano's bag was then declared officially missing. Wow offered him uh, $1,531. Wow! That's wow. That's quite a lot of money for a bag, blimey. Uh, so the amount uh, that was offered to him, it was offered to him under the Montreal Convention, an international agreement that governs lost luggage claims. I think as it governs for, a little bit more than that. <laughs> as for why it took Wow Air more than ninety days to pay, the spokesperson said we have uh, for some time now tried to contact or connect with our handling agents and contacts at FedEx but about this matter with limited success which explains the delay of this matter's resolution so to be so he never got his bag back but he got quite a substantial payout really to yeah be and, fair. and a random car park which and I he got a car park <laughs> for, for a Toyota car so yeah, I mean, absolutely yeah yeah I mean you know it's um the car park was probably that. worth more than his double bag. I wonder if he had a Toyota it would have been handy if yeah he had. <laughs> absolutely but I've I've no I mean I've never had all the years I've been travelling anywhere, I've never had a piece of luggage lost or anything, so I can't. No, uh, no. Pip has. Pip has. Uh, yes, <laughs> yes, yes, yes. He did finally get his back, though. So. Uh, Hi, everyone. Uh, oh, he's. <laughs> oh no. There again. Oh, oh, bless no. him. <laughs> yes, he just popped in there. Indeed. Anyway, moving on. On the independent.ie <laughs> website, this is story number two, so you all know what this is going to be. Oh. And it is. Now, I don't know quite why he's done it in this order and giving me a story which has got a video in it. That he wants oh, you me don't to, want play. to play the video. I oh, don't know. No, no. Okay. All right. Anyway, watch. Uh, well, let's not watch. Uh, Ryanair customer reduces airline worker to tears with aggressive rant. Oh, is it one of those? Has it got uh, uh, the bleep machine's going to need some? Right. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. All right. Good idea. Uh, a video has emerged showing uh, the moment a Ryanair cust uh, customer reduced a member of staff to tears after hurling a barrage of insults at. Him. Well, that. 
frankly, is disgusting. Uh, the customer who filmed the four-minute-long exchange himself is seen berating the checking clerk because he was asked to pay 50 euros for failure to produce a printed boarding card as per the airline's guidelines. The incident occurred at Belgium's Brussels airport. The man behind the video, who remains anonymous, repeatedly asked the clerk to call a supervisor and becomes increasingly aggravated and abusive. Narrating the video, he says, uh, Ryanair check-in lady named something or other, being a complete and total something or other, what are you being something? Uh, <laughs> are you calling your supervisor? Are you calling your security? How are we going to deal with this? He accuses her of trying to obstruct him and says that he has uh, that said that she has a bad attitude before mocking her distressed reaction. Uh, as the clerk becomes visibly more upset and uncomfortable, a fellow passenger steps in and tells the man to stop harassing her. Well done him. The customer becomes increasingly agitated, telling the other passenger to mind his business and referring to him as Baldy. Wow, he seems, you know, this he seems really nice, doesn't he? Um, uh, Baldy, out of shape and donut eating before telling him to sit down and rest his belly. He seems really nice. Uh, <laughs> airport management arrived at the scene to defuse the situation. Our handling agent at Brussels Airport... Uh, Avia partner is looking into this matter. We will not tolerate unruly or disruptive behaviour at any time, a spokesman for Ryanair said. A later statement from Avia partner said that the passenger has since been reported to the police. A passenger who had failed to check in online, which is clearly marked as required, uh, became disruptive during the boarding of his flight from Brussels to Berlin and refused to pay the airport check-in check fee due, distracting, uh, distracting the gate agent from her duties and disturbing other passengers. The flight departed on time. The passenger in question did not travel and has since been reported to local police. And I jolly well hope that, um, to be perfectly frank, he loses the right to fly with any low-cost airline ever again, frankly, because that is disgusting behavior well this is the thing i mean you no matter what airline you fly with no matter yep. whether you're an experienced traveler whether you you it's your first time traveling mm. you need to get a little bit savvy about what the airline's terms uh, are are going to be when you mm. or before you buy the ticket doesn't matter who you're flying with they all have very slightly different policies and if you don't adhere to those policies, you are going to get charged. You're going to get well, quite right. I mean, yeah. you're going to get penalised. Uh, but everybody according knows according to how that you the have, airline sees fit. Everybody knows that you have to have checked in online before you go. I mean, th it's only really the transatlantic people where you can do that still at the airport. Even you know that. Wow! Yeah, wow! Yeah. But I'm I'm sorry. I don't know. I don't know. I, it, I don't know what's going on. I made, mean, it is made very clear on the websites when you book your book your tickets. There are yeah. there's huge banners and stuff that come up saying that you know you've got to print this out or or you know bring this with you and stuff like that. So really, there's there's absolutely no, no excuse, excuse whatsoever. No. I mean, it's absolutely disgusting, isn't it? Uh, any comments, uh, guys, um, on in the land of Skype? Uh, Matty, anything to say? Well, to be fair, I've never travelled on any low-cost um, airlines, but like if Carlos says, if it's plastered all over the way... Hang on uh, a minute, you don't get away with that. What? <laughs> no, 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 we, we always travel so with Thompson, to be fair. We're going on Thompson Dreamliner as well in uh, next week, which I'm looking forward Fancy. to. But, yeah, if it's plastered all over the website, this is the reason why the low-cost carriers, because they've not got the facilities to have yeah. the, um, the check-ins and what have you. So it, people get irate because I think they're trying to protect themselves from... They know they've done wrong, they're a little bit embarrassed, and yeah. the way they react is just trying to... You 
berate the people. Yeah, which but is wrong. but it, it's, and it's, it's completely it's, wrong. I mean, I mean that poor, that, you know, I mean the the person is just trying to do their job. I mean to to then decide that you're going to make it so damn personal is just it's just I don't know. I, do you know, I yeah. do worry about our society sometimes where people still think that that's an okay way to behave. I mean, I just get, oh, it just makes me so cross. No, I totally agree. I mean, you never know what, what effect that's going to have on that person. That person could oh, go yeah. home and you never come back to work again. It's just no. not fair. Like you said, they're turning up for, to do a job. They're trying their best to help the majority of the public, which I'm sure are fine. Mm. And you get these these odd people that just sort of ruin it for everybody. Mm, indeed. Agreed. Uh, any Anything uh, to add to that, Myla? Well, I was just going to say that usually when you book a ticket nowadays, you get like emails and text messages yeah. and all those things telling you what you need to do. And if you're unsure, there are telephone mm. numbers you can call. And so I don't think it's really a valid uh, argument anymore to not know what you're supposed to do when you go to the airport. No, completely. Well, well I mean, even aside from airport behavior and sort of doing things the the airline's way, it's just not acceptable behaviour in any point in society. Agreed. Agreed. Absolutely it's agreed. Absolutely disgusting. I hope Mariana's okay because she's just disappeared out of the chat room after saying the words earthquake. What? Hmm. Oh boy. Yeah. Okay. Um fingers crossed then, everyone. Yeah, she's just put be right back. <coughs> I hope uh, if you're still there, Mariana, I hope you are. Yeah. Yeah. Um, wow. Right, so we'll move on to the keep your eyes on the chat room, guys and girls. Yeah, please. Uh, keep move on to the next story, uh, Owen, which is yours. Uh, so the next story is from comonews.com, and this says passengers evacuated after smoke fills cabin of Air Canada flight at SeaTac. SeaTac, Washington. An Air Canada flight was evacuated at SeaTac Airport on Thursday morning after smoke fill uh, after smoke filled the cabin of the plane. Officials and witnesses said. The incident closed down a SeaTac runway for about an hour. The flight, uh, which are, are originated at Calgary, Alberta, began normally enough, passengers told Coleman News, but midway through the flight, smoke began, uh, began to appear in the cabin and then got thicker. Crew members checked the overhead bins but could not find the source of the smoke. The aircraft landed safely and there were no injuries, but some passengers said the incident made them nervous. <laughs> I can imagine so. Uh, I want the hell off that plane quickly, said one passenger, Rob Houta. It was very smoky. Another passenger, Chloe Ann, said you could hear people say it's really smoky in here, and then it got worse. As soon as the plane landed, fire trucks responded, and the passengers were evacuated onto the tarmac. But no one panicked, and the evacuation was orderly, passengers said. Buses eventually were sent to pick up passengers and take them to the terminal. Many of the passengers on the flight were headed to Seattle to watch the Toronto Blue Jays uh, play the Mariners at a safe, Safeco Safeco Field. Yeah. Somebody from Canada might be able to uh, <laughs> <laughs> correct me on that. Liz might know that one. Yeah. yeah. Uh, SeaTac Airport spokesman Perry Cooper said officials are investigating the cause of the smoke. So uh, this was a small regional jet, uh, regional uh, prop. I should mm. say, wasn't it? This um, it was that the Air Canada Express. I think it was at this. Doesn't say the aircraft it was here. I think looking by the pictures, it's um, looks it's, like, it's like a Dash Eight or something like that. Don't uh, on ATR. Yeah, you know, more was, more a Dash Eight sort of. Yeah. Oh, that's me. Sorry, battery low. Yeah, um, I think it's a Dash Eight of some. I'm pretty sure it's a Dash Eight on the pictures there. There are some pictures on the uh, on the website, but. 
smoke is never a good thing to have on board. Uh, no, no, definitely, no, no, definitely not. No, no, no. Any circumstances, it's uh, it's not it's not the way forward. That being yeah. said, there are always uh, procedures in place to deal with everything like that mm. that you have on board. So, so I mean, any I mean, any any. Uh, I mean, obviously, I put the picture picture up there, and everybody uh, here, like on the show here, has got the pictures in front of them. I mean, any any clues or ideas as to to the potential. Uh, source of this smoke. I mean, um... well, I mean, uh, if the if the the cabin crew were looking towards the hat bins, it might have been coming from overhead. And uh, I know in a lot of aircraft, the the air conditioning, uh, the the main air conditioning comes from uh, overhead. So just above <coughs> the, the the hat bins. So the picture that's on the um, on the screen there that does sh- mm. definitely shows a um, a smoky cabin anyway. But yeah, absolutely agreed. Hmm. Always worrying, but. Um, Obviously, that was that all. Had but, a, a uh, good yeah, outcome. good, 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 yeah. good outcome. Yeah. Mm. So the next story is uh, for you, Mr. Fab. Yep. Okay. This list is from the Chicago Tribune, and it says United Airlines is barring fewer people from boarding its planes following lingering public uproar over the carrier's handling of a passenger who refused to give up his seat on a flight in April. The Chicago-based airlines involuntarily denied boardings, which can occur when not enough passengers on an overbooked flight volunteer to be bumped were down 79% over the year in May, according to Wednesday's news release. Uh, I'm going to have it popped up. Oh, no. Dr. <laughs> David Dow of Elizabethtown was one of the four passengers on an April 9th flight bound for Louisville, uh, Louisville sorry, from O'Hare International Airport, picked to give up his seat to make way for airline employees. Dow refused and was dragged off the flight and bloodied along the way by Chicago Aviation Department officers. Videos of his forced removal from the plane went viral and the public outcry that followed pressurised United to act. CEO Oscar Munoz, Munoz issued multiple apologies and the carrier promised to reduce overbookings and offer as much as $10,000 to customers who gave up their seats on oversold flights. The reduction in involuntary bump passengers is a direct result of the initiative we rolled out in April to be more customer-focused, United Sportswoman Megan McCarthy said. For many passengers, the April incident was a stark reminder that they are not guaranteed a seat they pay for, bringing to light the industry practices dealing with oversold flights. Dio suffered a broken nose, sinus injuries, concussion, and according to his attorney, um, reached settlement with the airline by the end of April. His attorneys also said he would not sue the city, though three officers from the aviation department were placed on administrative leave after the incident. Speaking at a Dutch Bank International Summit in Chicago on Wednesday, United Airlines President Scott Kirby called the April passenger dragging incident a setback, but said customer satisfaction with the airline is headed in the right direction. Um, while our incident in April was unfortunate, disappointing, and was a setback, United Airlines is running the best airline in the country today, Kirby said. That one incident was not representative of who we are and the thousands of times every day that our employees are going above and beyond to take care of our customers. An industry veteran who previously held leadership positions—sorry, previously held leadership positions at American Airlines, America West Airlines, and U.S. Airways—Kirby joined United in August in the newly created role of president, according to Munoz. In April, United scored the lowest of any legacy airline in the industry's annual American Customer Satisfaction Index survey, which was conducted before the passenger dragging incident. Taking the 30,000-foot view, Kirby said United had nonetheless made progress with customer satisfaction in recent years despite the high-profile setback. While they were worried about the Dr. Dow incident, they feel really good, particularly on frequent travelling customers, or they can, and they can tell the difference at United, Kirby said, and we feel great about where we are today and the tra- tra- trajectory that we're heading to continue on. 
So yeah, so even after that April instant, mm. is a mm. minor setback they're calling it. Uh, yeah, I, I don't think. I, I mean, you can call it a lot of things, but I'm not really sure that you can call it a minor setback. Uh, and let's no. be honest, uh, anybody who's listened uh, to ABG, APG, sorry, especially a lot of the uh, Pittsburgh coverage, will be very aware that there is a very frequent flyer who uh, uses that airline an awful lot, <laughs> who um, had su- su- surpri- surprisingly large amount of stories to share with us about various uh, experiences whilst he was flying, one of which involved his arrival uh, in Pittsburgh. So um, There is actually on that <laughs> story, though, there's a, there's a little list there, a little chart of the, the voluntary removals from US flights in 2016. But the worst one's actually Delta. <gasps> Yeah. yeah, but, I mean, is that possibly because they've got the But most... it says voluntary removal, so, so that's like, yeah. you know, can you, would you mind coming off this flight? Yeah, that's but fine. But what, what I'm seeing about the, the Hawaiian is down there at the bottom. Bottom, yeah, but Hawaiian's do, the best airline. <laughs> <laughs> but do they, do they not have significantly less flights than Delta do? Yeah, point. that is point. yeah that is yeah. always a point with a lot of these, these figures and stats. Mm, yeah, and stuff, it's probably so. not the fairest yeah. uh, comparison. Mm, indeed. There we go. Anyway, yes, on to the next story then. Milo, this one is for you. Oh, this is a bit And uh, the, this is something that, uh, to be frank, you've got to look forward to. And I, I, uh, <laughs> I, don't, I don't think you should put the pictures of this story on, on, the, uh, on the live feed, man. Yeah. yeah. Oh, really? <laughs> no. If you scroll down, you'll see why. Oh, okay. okay like, carry right. on, Milo. Okay. Hang on. Yeah. Okay, okay. This is from the HinkleyTimes.net, and the title is Airline Hits Back at Hand Party Kicked Off. Flight. Um, the airline which kicked members of a hen party off East Midlands Airport flight to Mallorca has hit back after the brighter bee questioned its actions. Jetu claimed the 18-strong group used colorful language in quotation marks, oh. and that one of them had pulled her top off in the departure <gasps> lounge. Oh boy. See, these these flights are never occurring when I'm in the terminal building. It's what's just, what's wrong with that? <laughs> <laughs> no, to be fair, I haven't had my uh, two bad experiences with, with with anything in the in the airport terminal. Anyway, carry on, Myla. Okay. <laughs> Six members of the group were ordered to leave the flight before it took off after flight attendants spotted they were wearing T-shirts bearing the slogan, Bitches on tour. <laughs> <laughs> Well, that doesn't, so, so, somehow when you say that, Myler, it doesn't sound anywhere near as bad yeah. as what it should actually sound like. That's very nice. I like it. Well done. Yes. Uh, <coughs> well, I mean, as it's been said out loud now, then... Uh, anyway, <laughs> carry on, Myler. Yeah, we'll, we'll put the picture up. Right. There you go. Yeah. So, Emma Green, 35, had previously said, we did not deserve to be treated like we did. But the word bitch is a pretty mild curse as far as they go anyway. I hardly think the T-shirts were that offensive in the first place. So well, she tends to disagree. Well. Jetu has defined its decision, defended its decision in a long statement on its website. It was issued after Sir Richard Branson offered to fly the 18 women to Las Vegas on his Virgin Atlantic oh. airline. Oh, did he? The, right. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> the statement said, We believe that the language displayed last week on the Hens Party t-shirts, coupled with their rowdy behavior, was unacceptable for a family-friendly airline. During half-term, we have many children flying with us. Detailing the group's behavior, the airline said the trouble began at check-in when the group were asked not to display the slogans on their T-shirts. 
the statement said, this led to repeated protests, inappropriate and often colorful language, and one individual even ripping her top off in front of the other bemused customers, while others in the group cheered. The group eventually complied and the aircraft prepared to depart for Mallorca. Sadly, hopes for a trouble-free trouble flight were premature, as once in the cabin, six of the group again decided to ignore the warnings, revealing the offensive wording in front of an aircraft full of families and children. Their repeated failure to adhere to promises they had previously agreed to and their continued disruptive behavior led the crew to become concerned as how to things might develop once the aircraft was airborne. I mean, we're making a bit of, we're making light of of the story, but of course, the one thing you have to bear in mind is whilst it's all a bit light and funny for it's us, jet too. Of course, well, no, it's not even that. It's just that it is, you know, it is a half term. Therefore, there are families and small children yeah, yeah, yeah. all getting on that aeroplane to fly on on holiday, and you know, nobody wants to spoil anybody's fun. But there was no reason why. Uh, they couldn't have just put like a jumper on or, a, or you know, something just to cover up the T-shirt for the purposes of the flight so that these poor parents aren't having tried to explain what on earth is on these T-shirts. Yeah, you know. be beaches on tour. I mean, you know, there's loads of beaches and stuff, so... Um, yeah, okay. <laughs> beaches. <laughs> <laughs> but uh, you're saying, oh, and you, you have... Uh, I, I, I imagine I've, you I've, have I've never had something uh, like that on... I mean, dressed inappropriately, yeah. Yeah, definitely dressed inappropriately. I've, I've had a few of those on board. Well, that's just in, a standard in, flight yeah, to Ibiza, isn't it? Yeah, yeah. Pretty, <laughs> mu pretty much. Family to Mallorca, that's family. You name it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. absolutely. Beachwear, yeah. everyone. Beachwear. Beach mm. <laughs> Not exactly the most appropriate, but no. there you go. Um, <laughs> no, I've, I've never really had anything like that in the terminal, but definitely in flight, things start to get pretty rowdy. But is that just because of the alcohol they're drinking? <laughs> Probably the alcohol they have drunk. Yeah, yeah absolutely. Yeah, yeah. They, they, mm, mm. I don't think that's the worst T-shirt that I've seen on on uh, you know for a hen or a stag party or yeah anything like that. But um, but well, I, I think what you've got to remember is once you, they if they're causing trouble in the terminal if they're causing trouble during boarding, uh, what's it going to be like in the cabin mm. once mm. the doors are closed? You've now got. 200 people in this aircraft and they're they're stuck there for best part of two and a half hours mm. uh, at altitude where physiologically you deal with alcohol a lot differently um, it, it's it potential to, to snowball out of control <laughs> just reading what Lane Street has put in the chat room uh, to go along with a t-shirt Right. I, I don't know if I dare look, frankly. Uh, <laughs> is it... Um, is it's it a, a politically correct version of what's written on the girl's T-shirt, which <laughs> yeah, is yeah, okay. fem female dogs on tour. <laughs> Somehow very appropriate. A bit better. Uh, yeah, absolutely. Much more friendly. No. Uh, <laughs> so moving on to the next story. Okay, yes, This please. one is... Uh, this one's a bit of a worry. I've heard, about, I've heard a few stories about this on a few of the other shows. And um, it, it's not something, that, uh, definitely something I don't agree should ever happen, along with right. pilotless aircraft as well. Okay. So this one's on the Manchester Evening News.co.uk website. The headline Manchester Airport could operate without an air traffic control tower in the future. Oh, blimey. So the airport could follow London City Airport, which is set to become the first UK airport to install a digital tower. 
Manchester Airport could operate without an air traffic control tower in the future, uh, with planes monitored via cameras from miles away. Rad Taylor, head of airfield operations at Manchester, has said the hub could follow London City Airport, which is set to become the first UK airport to install a digital tower. In London, it means controllers who have until now directed planes from a tower by the airfield will instead work remotely from Hampshire by watching f uh, live footage from video cameras. Mr. Taylor added it's absolutely a possibility which uh, we will do this. Technology is changing and improving all the time and we are continually looking at new ways of managing our operations and improving the passenger experience. He said that uh, the Manchester Air Control Tower was kitted out with some of the latest technology, but that would evolve. Uh, he added, uh, it's very possible in the years ahead we might be doing air traffic control remotely with video cameras. At the present time, there is no uh, intention to change, but this is something we may consider. Mr. Taylor also spoke to the MEN about growing uh, issue of drones on flight paths, managing growing numbers of passengers, security and the upcoming scheme to build a super terminal. Over the last year, there have been eight drone sightings within 12 miles of Manchester Airport in the context of there having been just uh, one in the previous year. There have also been a number of near misses reported across the country. Describing drones as an astonishing piece of tech, he said that they have a positive applications but urged users to follow the rules about online. So, this is, I mean, pilotless aircraft is just, a, just ridiculous in my view I mean you know that will we'll save leave that for drones and uh, UAVs but to have a, a air traffic control tower with, with actually no one in there or not have a tower at all I just I just think it's a bit silly personally but you know well, I mean they are still being monitored I mean it's not like that you know it's suddenly on like autopilot but the thing that I, I just is a bit I just find a bit silly is the fact if you've got a control tower like at Heathrow when mm -hmm. we, we visited Heathrow there was what uh, six Guys in there, and go or sick, you know. Um, no, it was sort of girls. four operating with a supervisor, wasn't yeah. it? I think, yeah. I was actually quite surprised at how little, how, yeah, how little staff there was. But you've, you've got those people bearing in, in, in mind how busy those two runways mm. are. Mm. Um, but um, you know, to, to you've always got to have you've got to have someone who's going to be monitoring camera feeds and stuff mm. if there's no one in in the, in the, in the tower. So yeah, you, so it begs the question: Why are we doing this? Why yeah. is this? Uh, you're not is, saving. Is becoming, yeah, you're yeah. not saving money on personnel because you still need someone to look at the cameras. You also I, are probably the, spending a whole lot more money on technology. The, mm. uh, the only thing I would say is like maybe we and then uh, you know we'll sort of throw this to uh, to Matty and Myler in a minute to see what they think as well. But I'm just wondering like. Uh, is it maybe actually more? Because you think, that, I mean, how much, how valuable the land is at London City Airport, whether actually wasting space on that tower when it could be used for something else, when basically cameras and someone, el uh, uh, someone else at a, a remote location with, um, you know, as good a view, because, I mean, cameras and stuff these days are, are, are very, mm. very good. Mm. You know, oh um, yeah, the, the, the reports mean, I've seen online have said that they are they are going to literally use really high definition yeah. cameras. Yeah, like sort of four K yeah, or yeah, above yeah. or eight K or whatever. But it's it's. I mean, I, I can see your concerns, but it's just like that that piece of that's that piece of land, that footprint where that that tower stands is so valuable. I mean, they mm. could put something else on that. And and alternatively, it, you could just put the London City one in the shard. 
Well, there is. <laughs> yeah, that's true. You could probably see it from there. Oh yeah, you, no, you definitely yeah. can. Yeah, 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 absolutely. Whether you could see well enough to identify aircraft, possibly not. Yeah. Just going to give it. <laughs> going to yeah. give a quick uh, shout out to uh, Greg Sparks, who's watching the show. He's just managed to get his son Felix asleep. So, oh, uh, well done. He, I think it's listening to our show that sent him to sleep. So yeah, hello, that is Greg. a common problem. That, yeah, that, that is. We do tend to put people to sleep. It seems. <laughs> We're being a productive uh, part of society. I know. Yeah, that that is the rumor. <laughs> but no, I, I think I think we should. There should always be you know because not only that they're not only controlling aircraft but you've got to remember that they're controlling ground movements yeah you know, aircraft taxing vehicles mm. and stuff like that so it's you know i just think it's a long way off mm. it might happen but it's a long way also yeah. i wonder is technology reliable enough i mean look what happened with ba no, no, no! Come on, let's not open that we, can of worms yeah, again. Because I, I, I don't, I don't, I don't, I don't believe a word of that story. As I said in quite great detail last week. Anyway, uh, so uh, Myler, I mean, any, any thoughts? I mean, how do you feel about like a runway which has got no tower and is all being done remotely? I mean, I suppose you know. I mean, they're communicating with you, sort of, you know, through your radios and stuff. I dare say the pilots will be relatively unaware of any change. I mean, you know, as long as somebody's watching the taxiways and, and all that. I mean, it's... Uh, but as you say, I don't know quite how you're going to save money on staff, which is presumably the thinking behind this, unless it is about footfall. I mean, I don't know. How how, how would you, as a soon-to-be newly sort of type-rated, ready-to-rock pilot, I mean, how, how do you feel about it? Well, you're right about, you know, radio transmissions and, and not being able to see the person in the tower anyway from a pilot's point of view. What I'm more interested in is trying to figure out what the uh, company-based idea behind this would be, you know, why would this be financially interesting to do it? Because we've seen already that there are some parts, for example, at Schiphol, that where um, uh, controllers are not even based at the airport anymore. And, of course, you know, ground and tower are, but other other parts of, like, Schiphol approach, they are based off-site. Mm. Um, so that's not relatively new um, I'm just wondering, you know, is it smart to remove the tower controllers from there? Because I think you want to get a feel for your airport weather-wise mm. and be in the middle of it and see your aircraft and, yeah. you know. Of course, so. I mean, that that's true also because, it, I mean, it, you know, weather is so localized, isn't it? I mean, it's... You know, somebody who's sort of 50 miles away might not be able to, you know, they might have radar charts and all that kind of thing in front of them, but you can't physically see, you know, that the, what the radar says might be very different to what actually arrives at you. I mean, I don't know. And how it's, definitely, it's, it's definitely, it's definitely, it shows differently in a camera. Mm. Right? Yeah. I mean, weather doesn't really show exactly how it, uh, how no. it looks. Or you don't definitely don't get a feel uh, for, I don't know, did the Heathrow Tower sway a bit? No, 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 no. 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 I, no I they, they did say it sways quite badly, like when it's really, when it's really, really windy, when it's yeah. really yeah, windy. So I mean, it doesn't yeah. even feel like uh, a remote location would not feel the same. No, unless you have some sort of immersive. Uh, 3D experience, <laughs> virtual reality goggles, yeah, something yeah, like that. Absolutely, <laughs> yeah, that could be the yeah. way forward. Yeah, <laughs> who knows? Mm. Who knows? Uh, Matty, anything? Um, I mean, how, how do you feel? Someone who's sort of coming up through the old uh, PPLs and that. I mean, how do you feel about? I, I suppose. I mean, suppose you're used to sort of like one guy on the ground, just you know. I mean, your, your control tower experiences, I suppose, are quite different apart from the what we like to refer to as the expensive burger. <laughs> yeah, no, I totally agree with with Myla. To be fair, like uh, our local bigger airport where I am, Doncaster, 
the radar controls, I think, are based at Liverpool. And it's only when you get to the tower on final approach that you speak to somebody who's actually there. Mm. Um, but does that really matter? If a camera can see that the, the runway is clear, can see your plane coming down, mm. you know, they've got the camera feeds there. To, to me, I don't see it's a big issue. The only issue being if the technology does fail, but mm. I'm sure there will be some redundant backups in place for that. Yeah. Um, but in essence, you're going to have a, a room or a place full of qualified controllers. So if something does happen, there's more controllers there to help you and assist in case of an emergency rather than the one guy that's in, with you in the tower. You've got a full room of yeah. sort of Expert. qualified controllers. This is a very good point, yeah. So it's, to me, it, I don't think it's bothering me that much, to be fair, as long as uh, they, can, they can show that the technology works. Well, I mean, I don't think it bothers me that much. I don't, I don't think it's unsafe. Mm. I'm just wondering why. I mean, you assume these days, I mean, usually these decisions are financially based, aren't they? So they're assuming that, you know, this is going to enable them to save themselves some money somehow. But, I mean, I don't know if I like the idea of multiple controllers, you know, like a, like a couple of controllers being responsible for more than one tower. Do you know what I mean? I don't, I don't know how well, I, I feel about that. I don't think that. that would happen. No? No, no, I think they've got to be totally sort of committed to that tower and, and spending 20, well, the, the time on shift watching them feed and just controlling that. I don't think they'll be able to sort of two or three towers and get themselves modelled up. And all this I mean, even I, I was in uh, Shannon Air Traffic Control and even they have uh, a tower controller and a ground controller mm. operating from exactly the same place and there's not enough traffic <laughs> in no. Shannon to, okay. to to warrant that. But they're, they're, they are, because they're uh, but transmitting then, on separate frequencies, there's two people two people talking. But then other than the maintenance of the actual tower, I mean, I can't see what financial mm. benefit there would necessarily be. Um, to Unless, I suppose, in that case, let's, let's, let's you say Shannon as an example, and you've got, uh, where you've got one guy who's dealing with ground and one guy who's dealing with um, like the runway and, and the actual taking off and landing, whether that one guy, if he's in a, con a room with lots of other controllers who are all keeping an eye on each other, where maybe that one person can do both. Maybe I don't know. I don't know. I don't know. I, again, I don't think I like the sound of that either. But I'm not um, too sure. Yeah. But I mean, I mean, even a like Mila said, even a, a lot of the major airports, you've got um, approach control done by uh, done by somewhere remote. Well. So I mean, it's it, it literally is just the tower. I'm not. I don't think it's unsafe, but I, I, it's just why. Mm, indeed. <laughs> the chat room are having a good old discussion about this at the moment in there. Um, yeah, so good points being made in the chat room, really. Well, by, then, sh uh, sh share with people. us. Well, Mike was saying that, you know, you, 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 wouldn't you need to have someone on site who's a trained meteorologist and, and weather observer and stuff, I suppose, for mm -hmm. like for minimums and stuff, like for weatherman and stuff like that. It's but be... then virtually everyone gets that in um, a, uh, you know, very few people actually have a meteorologist, all right, maybe the big airports. But I mean, those those sort of resources are available, um, you know, remotely, you know, mm -hmm. accurate meteorological forecast um well I, i'd like to add to that that skipple has a big tower and a smaller tower and in the smaller tower they have the meteorologists right. that do all the readings on the airport okay and um yeah they have an entire tower set up with uh, computer screens and all those things so mm. right there, it's a big discussion now, it I is think, yeah. to be had i mm, think that, yeah it's not the last we'll hear of it definitely no not no indeed but, uh, i can just imagine a, a bird having uh 
doing a number on one of the cameras. And yeah, that's yeah, yeah, <laughs> that's yeah, that's not going to happen for a while. So yeah. Matt, the next story, it's yeah, uh, a special one uh, just for you, as it? always. Right, okay. Yes, yeah, so this is on the Reuters website. Uh, we seem to have lost Matty Fab for some reason. Matty so Fab we'll has just, disappeared. So we'll just uh, we'll, we'll try and dial him up again in a minute, but we'll, we'll, get, we'll press on with the story anyway. So Ryanair, uh, interested in cooperating with but not buying Alitalia. Uh, Ryanair uh, has submitted an expression of interest to administrators trying to sell troubled airline Alitalia, but is interested in cooperating with the business rather than buying it. Uh, the Irish low-cost carrier said on Wednesday, Alitalia filed in May to be put under special administration for the second time in less than a decade, starting a process that will lead to the loss-making airline being overhauled sold off or wound up. Administrators said on Tuesday that they'd received 32 expressions of interest before the airline, uh, before the deadline, sorry, to submit potential offers expires on Monday, but did not provide any names. We have submitted an expression of interest, a Ryanair spokesman said in an email statement. As previously stated, we are not interested in buying Alitalia. However, we have offered to feed Alitalia's long-haul traffic. Two weeks ago, Ryanair Chief Executive Michael O'Leary said that he planned to submit an expression of interest in order to participate in the process rather than the purchase of the airline and that he believed the Italian carrier had a viable future if sensibly restructured. Ryanair said that it wanted to provide short-haul traffic to feed Alitalia's long-haul network and could deploy up to 20 aircraft at two weeks' notice this summer if Alitalia cut capacity significantly. The spokesman did not say on what terms Ryanair might provide feeder flights, but it has offered to link up with uh, two other long-haul carriers in recent months on condition Ryanair would not be responsible for any missed connections. Alitalia has refused a similar offer in the past. The Italian government appointed three commissioners to assess whether Alitalia can be restructured and has given them six months to come up with a plan. Uh, several uh, Italian media said that none of the expressions of interest were for the entire airline, but only certain assets, such as fleet or airport slots. The government has repeatedly said it would prefer to sell the airline in one block, partly to minimise the impact on its 12,500 staff. That's a lot of staff, isn't yeah. it? Um, it has ruled out uh, renationalizing Alitalia. Uh, the commissioners will now examine the submissions to select those that will be given access to Alitalia's data room. Lufthansa CEO Carsten Sfor has said this week the German airline would look at any opportunities that arise in Italy, but it had no plans to buy Alitalia. He added uh, Lufthansa would look at Alitalia planes uh, should they come up for sale. Turkish Airlines denied reports it was interested in Alitalia's assets. Alitalia could not immediately be reached for comment. It's a shame. It's a, you know, obviously, Alitalia is, a, is the flag carrier for, for Italy. Yeah. I, I mean, it's a bit like BA going bust as yeah. far as we're concerned. I mean, we, we've, yeah, talked, yeah, yeah. we've had the story you know, mm. before, haven't we, about Alitalia in, in having yeah. sort of problems and stuff. And um, looking at the... The, the kind of stories and stuff which are on, um, well, on their s websites and stuff mm. and all the, all the uh, news stuff and that, they uh, actually filed, here we go, they, the, uh, the airline was permitted by the government of Italy to file for bankruptcy. Really? Uh, in, on the May the 2nd this year. Oh, right. Well, blimey, so, so quite recently, uh, yeah. yeah. Quite Absolutely. recently. But uh, it's a shame. Because I think they didn't, Alitalia, they, they got together with, uh, Etihad, Etihad, uh, Etihad. Yeah. Yeah. Mm. Etihad had a well, uh, bought shares. Yeah, fifty-one percent. Yeah, fifty-one yeah, yeah. yeah, percent um, share. Mm. Um, 
by them, but uh, it's just not worked. No. I think it's such it's a shame. No, it is a shame. Especially for the jobs as well, because that's the most... 12,500, however yeah. you dress it up, is a ridiculously it's huge nice. number, isn't it? Uh, especially um, in some of those lower, in, in the southern regions of, of Europe, jobs are quite hard to come by. Mm. Agreed. Um, I mean, even here still, jobs are quite hard to come by. Yes, um, yeah, especially in aviation. <laughs> well, yeah. So moving on, the next story is uh, all yours, Owen. <laughs> okay, so this one is from au.be.yahoo.com. Dot, 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 dot. Do you know what? That really rolls off the tongue, doesn't it? <laughs> au.be.yahoo.com Yeah, that's quite good. Go. I like that, yeah. Um, okay, this, this is kind of a life-changing travel tip, it says. Uh, cabin crew revealed the drink you should never order. It's sometimes only a beacon of hope getting you through the boredom of long-haul flight, but flight attendants have recently revealed drinks trolleys might not be as amazing as they <gasps> seem. It is if there's alcohol on them. Oh, true, yeah. <laughs> um, according to cabin crew members, there's some beverages in those in the industry uh, hands refuse to drink themselves. Apparently, it's all about the water. Flight attendants will not drink hot water on the plane, one flight attendant told Business Insider. They will not drink plain coffee and they will not drink plain tea. Uh, Business Insider reports that one environmental protection agency study in the US found one in every eight planes failed water safety standards. It's something other flight attendants have spoken about too in the past. I personally would not drink the potable water from the aircraft, so the tea, the coffee, uh, I would personally avoid. Ex-cabin crew member Adrian456 uh, revealed on Reddit last year. The water isn't so bad, but how often do you really think those tanks are cleaned? Tank cleaning appears to be the main issue with the Association of Flight Attendants CWA in the US revealing it's up to the discretion of the airlines how often they test the water. Water on board is regulated under the EPA uh, to ensure drinking water on, to, to ensure safe water uh, drinking water on the aircraft. The Association of Flight Attendants CWA pushed for this regulation over 15 years ago. The regulation gives broad discretion to uh, airlines to, uh, on how often they must test the water and flush the tanks. AFA does not believe that this regulation goes far enough or is sufficiently enforced. Make ours juice, please. Um, yeah, I'm not too sure I agree with this. I, 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 mean, I, I have to say, a few years back, I had some water on a Delta Airlines 767, and it was mingin'. And I, had to, I couldn't drink it because it did taste there. But whenever I've... I mean, admittedly, now, I don't do a great deal of flying, as we know. Um... I've only ever been supplied water in a bottle. Yeah, I've never had it. Well, no, I, I think, I think, but, it, but when when you when you're having tea or coffee, it has been boiled. It has been yeah, exactly. brought up to, Now, it, with it doesn't have to necessarily boil to actually kill the bugs. It has to be at seventy-two Freeze, degrees, yeah. two or three degrees, something like that. And I think in, I think I'm right in saying that most. Um, airline boilers and everything are usually around about the eighty degree mark, so yeah, it's well and truly safe. Any, like there's no, but it's it's well over the the safe mark. Yeah, absolutely. So I I I, I think I agree with you. But not I even that. I, I don't think that any airline will give out uh, just normal potable hmm. water at room temperature. Um, I think either you get ice or you get hot water. Hmm. Uh, but no, I I mean I'll drink the water straight from the boiler. Um, now, um, uh, uh, Brian, Brian's actually saying that a friend that he has 
who um, is is a flight attendant, he says that he, that his mate would never actually drink the water on board either. Hmm. So um, maybe it's a maybe it's that difference between the European carriers and the American carriers. Maybe. Possibly, I'm not too sure what the regulation no. is in no, uh, the EU, but yeah. I don't think it's unsafe. <laughs> Otherwise, they, I mean, you wouldn't be serving it to how many, yeah. ever many millions yeah. of passengers. I think Lane's got a great idea, actually. I think it should only be Boo. alcohol on, boo- on board. That's fine. That solves the problem. Actually, I was, read, I was reading Brian's comment underneath Lane's, actually, that the water tanks on United Airlines flights were last cleaned in the 50s. Now, look, there's no, <laughs> there's no need for that, is there? Let's play nice. Uh, oh, oh, I mean, if you're worried about it, you can take the, the bottled water. and. Um, but that was, I mean, on my, on my United, flight that's all i was offered so unless you oh, had yeah, tea yeah, or yeah, coffee yeah. they brought round i mean they were only little sort of stubbies stubbies, stubbies yeah. about that big but you know it was i was only provided with um you know, i was only provided with bottled water now i'm assuming because they did have a seal on them i presume they were bottled water and not like water <laughs> refilled refilled <laughs> but you know so i'm making a maybe a, a foolish oh, i have visions um, of them in the loos uh, filling them up you know <laughs> Oh, uh, anyway, moving on. Uh, have we got Have we got Matty Fair back? Oh, Myla, no, Myla. Uh, yeah, Myla. Any Any views? Would you? What about water? Um, um, no, fancy glass of water. Um, well, I was thinking also that you know in Europe it's quite common to drink regular tap water. Yes. And it that's is. not everywhere the case. So maybe that's also part why some people mm. wouldn't drink from oh. from the airplane. Actually, Brian's just said, Matt, they filled your class from a bottle until they ran out. <laughs> oh. <laughs> oh, no. Mine makes a, a very good point because there actually was a very big cultural difference between when I was uh, based in Malaga with more Spanish crew who don't tend to drink tap water and being based here in the UK. Mm. Uh, there was a lot of Spanish crew in Malaga and a lot of them wouldn't drink the water on board uh, and they would always buy bottled water uh before going on the flight they would never take they would never refill really? their water now water is a lot cheaper over there i will say that yeah, true uh yeah. you know a liter was what six or seven cents or something crazy oh no um, oh no 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 sorry L- liz the lovely liz has just said Rem- remember how ill you were matt hmm is what uh, she said maybe maybe it was maybe it was all in the water <laughs> maybe it was how many all in the water did you have though Oh, about 15. Oh, okay. <laughs> so moving on, the next story then. Uh, we'll, uh, we'll let you take this one, Myla. All right, this is from Vice.com. And the title reads, Boeing wants to make pilotless airplanes a reality. The aircraft company is looking to test out self-flying technology on a jet as early as 2018. Not too long from now, you might be able to ride to the airport in your driverless Uber Hit up the self-check-in kiosk for your ticket and hop on a plane that can fly without a pilot. Welcome to the future. According to Reuters, Boeing is working on a way to send self-piloted airplanes up into the stratosphere. On Thursday, the company's vice president of product development, Mike Sennett, said he'll be testing pilotless software in a flight simulator this summer and wants to fly in an airplane in 2018 with some artificial intelligence that makes decisions that pilots would make. The basic building blocks of technology clearly are available, Sinad said during a press briefing. While the prospect might sound terrifying, considering Google and Tesla have faced a few disastrous incidents 
while fine-tuning their own driverless car technology, most planes fly without the help of pilots every day. According to the Washington Post, aircraft autopilots has become so advanced that the U.S. Department of Transportation has grown increasingly worried today's pilots aren't skilled enough to intervene in the event of an electrical blackout. Most pilots just manually operate the flight for takeoff and landing, USA Today reports. Still, Senate said that he wants to be sure Boeing's pilotless planes can handle the operations just as well as their human counterparts, especially in the event of an emergency. Just like self-driving cars, self-piloted planes may one day need to be equipped with some kind of program to decide how to navigate a moral dilemma. If it can't transport passengers safely, then we can't go there, Senate told Reuters. I have no idea how we're going to do that, but we're studying it right now and we're developing those algorithms. If the prospect of flying on an unmanned aircraft still seems daunting in 2035 or whatever, you'll just have to visit our local cyborg pastor and pray for safe travels because <laughs> by then most of the workforce will be replaced by robots anyway. Well, and that's probably true. <laughs> I just think it's, I it's don't know. Not, no, I just think it's blah. They've been, on about, they've been on about this for so long now. Pilotless aircraft, blah, blah, blah. I just, just, no. Well, they can do it with trains. Yeah, but... Oh, yeah, hold but on now, hold on, a, hold in on. In a train, you haven't, got, you haven't got 30,000 feet to fall. Well, let's put it a little bit better. You've got a rail on a, on a train. Yes. Mm. You, know mean, yeah. <laughs> you know where it's going. Yeah. You know where it's going. It's yes, going to go okay, from A yeah, to B, okay. not yeah. from 37,000 yeah. feet to... Yeah. Well, I mean... Let's go back to the story that we had last week about uh, the oh yeah you were the, here the last cockpit week. <laughs> the cockpit door uh, and the the, Ooh, yes. the was it on Malaysian yes that's right so, the, so, the, somewhere the, in the in the Asia. pilot was very calm oh, yeah, yeah. Yeah, that's uh, right, yeah yeah if that happened uh, on a on a, a flight with pilotless pilotless uh, uh, pilotless aircraft mm. um, well I mean the pilot wouldn't have any indication that there was some sort of distress. No. Uh, it's very hard to communicate those sort of situations where they differ quite greatly yeah. uh, in terms of, uh, I don't know, the demands a hijacker might make or uh, something like that. Uh, it, they, uh, it, there's a huge amount of variables that I don't think it possibly could be communicated with well enough uh, to make moral... Uh, decisions but you see i i mean i love i love my technology uh, mm. we all know that i'm i'm obsessed by technology carlos has even got a special noise that he plays when i keep going on about technology <laughs> there it is <laughs> uh, and uh, the the thing that that uh, i uh, even i i'm left sort of like slightly flabbergasted thinking why are we so obsessed with doing away with everything what's the matter with humans being involved you know i mean why aren't we allowed to have you know, like just, just like in, you know, enjoy having pilots and things. Why do we need mm. to take everything away? Why does everything have to be automated? Uh, it just, I don't know. But then, you know, I suppose if Al was here, he would be sort of saying that the aeroplane is more or less sort of flying itself when it's in the air anyway. And things. Mark Harvey has a good point. Yeah. Um, what if you, what if you had the the if uh, the what if you had the event that you had last week yes. on the show? Which with turned your out laptop. to be heat-related. Uh, yes. You know, a pilotless plane having a blue screen of death. Mm. 
Well, and we've—I mean, when we've spoken to pilots before, they've had—they—they they, not quite a blue screen of death, but they've had similar things that's re- that's required systems to be rebooted mid-flight. Mm. You know, I don't know. A- any any, um, any feelings on on this, Myler? I mean, other than you know, well, don't poor do Myler, she's now gonna, she's <laughs> now gonna, not going to have a job. She's now going to become a pilot, <laughs> and she's you know, there'll be she'll a she'll trying to put her out of she'll work. Walk, she'll walk onto the flight deck of her you know her shiny new aircraft, and there'll be a Spectrum Plus Two there on the on the seat. A Spectrum or, Plus or a Vic wow, Twenty. You are you are hardcore showing your age, aren't you? All right, a Commodore <laughs> Sixty Four. You are still showing. Oh, your I've age. used one of those. Have you? Ooh, yes, I, yes. My I have. goodness me. Yeah, it's older than you are. And and a, oh, a, I know. Yeah. And a, pa- <laughs> and a packet of opal fruits on the dashboard. Ooh, <laughs> don't forget the mar- marathon bar. Don't forget the marathon bar. Yeah. <laughs> well, I mean, um, it, it it says it right there. I mean, I have no idea how we're going to do that, but we're studying yeah. it right uh, gen- now. Gentlemen, I asked Myla a question, and you, all three of you, sorry, are, you know, L- allow allow yeah, the, allow the lovely ladies young must always to be talk. allowed to speak. Shush. At, <laughs> at least I have manners. Well, so. exactly. Yeah, Unlike <laughs> the people in this studio, Myla, you are very right. Shut up, Matt. Yeah. Let oh, talk. How rude. I was going to um, um, bring up the fact that the comparison between self-driving cars and self-flying airplanes isn't really a valid one. Because um, as far as I know, you're only allowed to drive a self-driving car if you have yourself a driver's license and know how to operate the vehicle and know what to do in an emergency. And having a self-flying airplane without a pilot you know that just sounds strange i think there is already a lot of automation going on but it does require um, monitoring and a lot of inputs from the pilots and all the decisions are still made by the pilots it's just the execution that's been automated and comparing self-flying airplanes to self-driving cars i don't think that's really a valid comparison so very good point myla very good point so we're going to leave that one then before it, before it all gets excitable. You know, we, we, all, we all know what the future is, and it's not pilotless yeah. aircraft. Yeah. Anyway. Indeed, yes, moving, moving on. Exactly, rapidly, I yes, want so. to keep a job. Yeah, yeah too, exactly. right. You tell them, you Poor tell them. Right, you're going to take the next one then, Carlos? Right, so the next story on the list then, it's on the travelweekly.co.uk site, and it's a nice story. Uh, headline is Husband and Wife Thompson Pilots Mark 26th, uh, 27th Wedding Anniversary with Flight uh, to Ibiza. Husband and Wife Pilots Henry and Haley Brewis marked their 27th wedding anniversary by flying a Thomson Airways Boeing 737 from Stansted to Ibiza. Ah. Henry worked with the airline to rearrange timetables so the pair could fly together, surprising unsuspecting Haley in the cockpit on board the aircraft before takeoff. We spend our anniversary together every year, but a clash in our flying schedules meant we would be apart, he said. During the flight, Henry announced to the passengers that he was sharing the cockpit with a very special co-pilot. The couple, who have two daughters, aged 23 and 17, have uh, together clocked up a total of 31,000 hours. They met at a Norfolk-based flying school when Henry... Mm. Yeah, not far from here. When Henry was uh, Haley's flying instructor, they married a year later in June uh, 1990 after a whirlwind romance. Having qualified as a pilot in 1985, Henry joined Britannia Airways. Oh, I remember Britannia. In 1987, which later became Thompson Airways. 
His older brother, Tom, is also a captain for the airline and joined the same year. The aviation enthusiasts have also created a small runway on the land next to their home outside Bury St Edmunds. Wow. Plus, this just is down the road. properly local. Oh, yeah. <laughs> for their yeah. small How many seater. times have you been past Bury St Edmunds He's now? He's been a few times. <laughs> yeah, a few times, yeah. <laughs> Absolutely. So they've, uh, they've got uh, created a small runway uh, next to their home just outside Bury St Edmunds for their small four-seater aircraft, which they fly together wow. on their days off. Uh, Matt, you had you had the picture. Did you have the picture on the screen? No, there? I didn't. You no, didn't? no. Okay. I sorry, I got distracted at the top of the story because you you said it, and all all I've got stuck in my head now is this. Hello, Come on, you must. You're a DJ. You must. Oh, we're going to eat pizza. Yeah, that's the one. Yeah. Uh, anyway, yeah, sorry. So that's a nice story <laughs> yeah, then, really. Yeah. I, mean, oh, I suppose you want me to actually put the pictures up now. It's, it's a nice, I'll tell you what. It's definitely a nice way of celebrating your wedding anniversary when you're actually piloting an aircraft definitely. with your wife, who is a pilot. Now, I must say, like, while you t- lo- the Logan Air, you were talking about the Logan Air thing. Um, before I put the other picture up, you were talking about... Yeah, we were, weren't we? No. No, we're talking about... The- <laughs> You've got the wrong story there, Matt. That's the next story. Is it? Ignore everything I just said. (laughs) Very special. (laughs) Okay. That'll teach me from getting distracted. Yeah. (laughs) No, we'll keep that in. But that's a nice story. So (laughs) moving on to the next story, Matt, which I'm pleased to say is the Logan Air story. Okay. All right, then. Um, (laughs) Yeah, well, okay. Um, and I Bless me, it's been a long day for Matt. <laughs> Matt's had far too much sugar. That's, yeah, that's, that's, that's too all much. it is. Yeah, I'm officially crashing now, ladies and gentlemen. So, uh, this is uh, on the uh, uh, Aberdeen, uh, so it's the Press and Journal. So, it's the Aberdeen Journal's uh, website. And the headline is um, uh, Logan Air set to fly solo as Scotland's airline. And uh, I'm just going to pop that picture up there, which I was talking about earlier, uh, because I I absolutely love that does look the tail smart. fin on this particular aircraft. If you're watching, or sorry, if you're listening on the uh, airplane uh, on the uh, audio version of this show, then take yourself to www.pressandjournal.co.uk and search for Logan Air, because this this tail fin is amazing. It's got like a sort of tartan on on the on the end of the wing, and it's absolutely that's a Saab 340. Is it is. what yeah. the aircraft? The is. aircraft. Yeah, Saab 340. Indeed. Anyway, Scotland's airline Logan Air will fly solo again from the 1st of September after nearly quarter, a quarter of a century operating under franchise arrangements with other airlines. This will create a national airline for Scotland, headquartered in Scotland. The airline will once again fly under its own name with a livery of black, white and red tartan, introducing a new, uniquely Scottish identity to the skies. Logan Air provides over 1,000 flights each week across 46 routes, offering unrivaled connectivity for Scotland, with operations stretching as far afield as London, Norwich, Manchester, Dublin and Bergen in Norway. Uh, It has almost 300 flights each week to and from Glasgow, over 100 flights each week to and from Aberdeen, and is the largest operator at airports throughout the Highlands and Islands, including Inverness, Sumbra, Kirkwall, Stornoway, and Ben... Is it Benbecula? Something like that. Benbecula. 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 Ben is peculiar. Uh, Anyway, the Logan Air Network also includes the world-famous beach landing at Barra and the world's shortest scheduled flight linking the Orkley Islands of West Trey and Papa West Trey with flights taking only two minutes. (laughs) 
Wow. Scotland's airline operated its services under franchise agreements with British Airways from 1993 to 2007 and latterly with Flybe. Logan Air's co-chair agreements with British Airways will continue, enabling customers to make a single booking for a journey from points throughout the Highlands and Islands to London and onwards to British Airways Worldwide Network. Discussions are continuing with Flybe around opportunities to work together in the future. Employing over 600 people, Logan Air operates a fleet of 28 aircraft and, alongside its scheduled services, undertakes contract services for Royal Mail and oil and gas companies. Logan Air is actively pursuing its ambitions to further widen both its contract and scheduled service operations. Uh, Jonathan Hinkles, who is Logan Air's managing director, said, This is a major milestone in our 54-year history. Although Logan Air has flown as a franchise carrier for larger airlines over the last 24 years, there is a huge level of recognition of and affinity with the Logan Air name throughout Scotland and beyond. We believe the time is right for Scotland's airline to now spread its wings once again and are delighted to be introducing a new, bold, corporate identity to mark our break from the past and herald our arrival on the 1st of September. We will continue to provide the highest standards of safety, punctuality and customer service uh, synonymous with the Logan Air name and we remain mindful of our responsibility in operating services on lifeline routes in the Highland and Islands with onward connectivity throughout Scotland and beyond. We operate more flights in Scotland than every other airline put together and I am wholly confident that this new chapter for Logan Air will, warm, will be warmly welcomed by both our customers and our dedicated team of professional employees. Logan Air now has its own reservation system, taking bookings for flights from the 1st of September via its website, www.loganair.co.uk. Flights prior to the 1st of September are bookable via www.flyby.com. So Logan Air, founded in 1962, and the picture you had on there a second ago, Matt, was the Saab 340. That's yep. uh, That was one of the cargo ones they've got. They've got four Saab 340s that they use for cargo. Um, they also operate a lot of flights for Flybe, actually, um, which are right. painted, painted in the Flybe colours, but they're actually operated by uh, Logan Air. Um, but they've got a kind of a mixed fleet, Britain, Norman Islander. They've got uh, a couple of de Havilland uh, Canada DH6s, uh, Dornier 328s, Ooh, they've got noisy. the Saab 340s and they've also got a Saab 2000 as well and uh, a, well they've got, uh, yeah, they've got a mixed fleet of all prop aircraft. Mm. But yeah, I've seen these guys in and out of uh, Norwich. Actually, yeah, they do fly absolutely. out of Norwich. Yeah. I, I mean, I've seen Flybe ones. I don't recall ever seeing Logan Air. But then, if they've been they've doing been operated, yeah, I think they've got the. If you look at their fleet history, their fleet mm. list, um, some of their aircraft are painted in the Flybe livery. Okay, but it's right. a Logan Air. Yeah. Aircraft. Okay. No. Okay. Yeah. Cool. Cool. Yeah. I think Nicholas Sturridge would be quite pleased with a new, uniquely Scottish identity in the skies. Now, you see what you did there, Owen, as you mentioned the hideous word that is politics. <laughs> and we don't want to talk about politics no. today because the UK no. is experiencing what I can only describe as, well, I don't know, really know how to describe it. Snorefest. Uh, uh, what? Snorefest. Uh, that's not the word I was going to go for. Mm. <laughs> I'm a bit concerned about our future. But anyway, there we are. So the uh, last story... Bring on Brexit, everyone. What can go wrong? <laughs> <coughs> the, uh, the last story <laughs> is a, uh, a very clean story. Mm. Should we, should, who, it is, actually. Indeed. Who's, uh, who's going to take this? Who, I mean, obviously we've got Myla there. I, you know, think, we I think we should let Myla yeah, do the last story. Yeah, yeah. 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 Oh, Come on, Myla. Let me see, then. It's from www.logup.com. Date African. 
and logistics update africa and it reads emirates showcases eco-friendly aircraft cleaning technique Ooh. emirates has showcased an environmentally friendly aircraft cleaning technique that has enabled the airline to save millions of liters of water every year emirates use the aircraft dry wash technique to clean its aircraft as indicated by the name little or no water is involved in cleaning the aircraft which is in contrast to controversial methods of aircraft cleaning which typically use thousands of liters of water per wash. During the course of every flight an aircraft accumulates dust and grime on its external surface. The dirt that accumulates on the aircraft surface increases the fuel it consumes by making the aircraft heavier and less aerodynamic. Traditionally aircraft are cleaned by using high pressurized water between four to five times every year. However, on average, this technique uses more than 11,300 liters of water to clean one Airbus A380 aircraft and more than 9,500 liters of water to clean a Boeing 777 aircraft every time. Since early 2016, Emirates has been using an aircraft dry wash technique to clean its fleet of over 250 aircraft. In this technique, a liquid cleaning product is first applied manually to the entire external surface of the aircraft. Clean microfiber fabric is then used to remove the cleaning product, which has dried to a film, removing the dirt along with it and leaving the aircraft clean and polished. The aircraft is then left with a fine protective film, allowing the painted surface to retain a longer gloss and shine. It takes a crew of 15 staff about 12 hours to clean an A380, and about nine hours to clean a Boeing 777 aircraft. Emirates saves over 11 million liters of water every year. Additionally, the waterless aircraft wash technique ensures that the aircraft remains cleaner for a longer period of time, thereby reducing the number of times the aircraft has to be washed to about three times a year, and also reducing the aircraft's fuel consumption because of less accumulation of dirt. Now that is one wow, job that is a, that is I would love. Yeah. Maybe that should be your new job, Carlos. that should be. Cleaning. Yeah, absolutely. I'll tell you what, right? Carl I'll do it for minimum yeah, wage. I can say, Carlos, Carlos cleaned my car once, and I've, I've well, I mean, I mean, it's never been so clean. It was, it was frightening. Oh, really? Oh, I, my I goodness. I love cleaning this, cars. This man has a talent for valeting. Seriously, cleaning. if anyone needs their car cleaning, <laughs> the man sat to my right here is the, is the don, frankly, when uh, it comes to stuff like that. I do like cleaning vehicles. But yeah, no, absolutely. I mean, that... That is um, pretty good. I mean, 15 staff take 12 hours to clean an A380 all the way outside. Yeah. Wow. Do you think they just take a really long time because they, they're like you, they enjoy it? <laughs> they <laughs> they want to get paid more. Yeah, like, yeah, you can imagine the, the advert in the paper, you know, yes. uh, we're calling all AV geeks. We need um, yeah. 15 people to, to clean an, clean an A380. Yeah, and they'll have 100 turn up because uh, yeah. you know, it's like the AV I mean, geeks. I mind, want to get that close to an aircraft. Bear yeah. in mind, Emirates, <laughs> Emirates have got, you know, a lot of A350s in their, in their fleet. A380s, uh, no? A380s, sorry. <laughs> A380s. And they've also got a lot of 777s as well. And uh, but it would be a full-time job. Uh, Brian, full Brian has suggested uh, Teflon-coated planes. Uh, yeah. <laughs> Non-stick planes. Or you, could, or, or, you could, or you could have an, an aircraft <laughs> that is the colour of dirt anyway. Yeah, no, because <laughs> no, no, that'll just that look still horrible. Leaves the yeah. aerodynamic but isn't, isn't, isn't that what... Um, <laughs> 
Yeah. <laughs> Isn't that what like Captain Al likes to refer to as military grey? <laughs> <Yeah. laughs> you know. But uh, there we go. Apparently Lane Street's uh, Subaru could do with a wash. Yeah, okay, just, uh, right. Around, yeah, just right. pop round Lane. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, yeah no problem at all. I, I, I can seriously recommend his services. Mariana has uh, said that she'll pay for my round-trip flight if she de- if I uh, go around and detail her truck. That's wow, yeah, do that. You'll be well up for that. Yeah. <laughs> absolutely, yeah, yeah, yeah. Careful uh, what you say. <laughs> apparently Brian <laughs> Coleman says in the chat room that Southwest used to have their planes <laughs> <laughs> painted nice, in nice. military grade. Colour of dirt. <laughs> Excellent. That's what we like. Yeah. Now I'm imagining colour showing up with a bucket of water and a squeegee to clean an A380. Yes, Masha. I think you're right. <laughs> I, I'd give it a go. No, no, um, Emirates now have 95 uh, A380s in uh, in service, mm. and they've got another 50 odd on order. Uh, they've got 131 triple sevens, and another 20 of those on order. Um, and options for lots, lots more. Uh, they've got orders for the triple seven dash eight, triple seven dash nine, and they've also got their cargo fleet as well. Wow! They, so they've got a fairly large fleet. You'll be working be a while, yeah. Carlos. Indeed. Uh, we, <laughs> yeah. We've got an update. Uh, an update from Matty Fab. Obviously, uh, for those of you who joined us at the start of the show, will notice that Matty Fab's disappeared. Unfortunately, uh, Mr. Fab had a power cut. Uh, midway through the, the news segment there, and um, unfortunately the power has yet to um, to return, so he's he's got no internet. So that's why we bring the commercial news segment of the show to a close. We haven't got any segment from Pip this week, and uh, we've also we're yeah, also he's currently in a restaurant. He's in a he? restaurant eating somewhere, food eating just food for change. Yeah, in the pudding club. That's all pilots apparently. ever seem to do is eat. Why are they not the sizes of houses? I don't know why Pip <laughs> is not here. No, why okay, what he. It's Pip here, but not Pilot Pip this week. I'm taking. Oh no, he's not here. He's definitely not here. <laughs> okay, but he's uh, foodie Pip. <coughs> so Indeed. we're going to skip the military this week because we have obviously got uh, our guest here with us on the show, Milo. Because you've got loads of interesting information to give us about what's going on in your piloting life. And ladies and gents, we'll be right back with that just after these messages. <laughs> Find this and other great shows at the Aviation Media Network. Thevoicesinyourhead.com The Plane Talking UK podcast is a voluntary project that aims to keep you informed with the latest aviation-related stories from newswires across the globe. Producing our content does cost money, though. If you enjoy our show, why not help us keep on the air by making a donation towards the server and website hosting fees through PayPal? Any contributions would be greatly appreciated. Are you an Amazon user? If so, why not do your shopping through the link on our website? There's no cost to yourself, and Amazon pay us a small referral fee on qualifying purchases. To find out more about the show and to meet the team, take yourself to our website www.plaintalkinguk.com or find us on facebook at facebook.com forward slash plaintalkinguk on twitter via at plaintalkinguk or get in touch via email on podcast at plaintalkinguk.com thanks, thanks for, for listening, listening. flyby5823 trent dane for 23 hour manchester with air 6x climb flight level 210 direct to britman's park United 123, maintain 280 knots. Turn to 2TME, turn right onto Bravo, link 21, join Alpha, hold at Mora. Speedbird 472, LOC slash DME, approach runway 27 left. Follow
air traffic control for today, Nat. Bedtime. Aviation media has long been the domain of the newspapers and magazines. Well, not anymore. I'm Steve Vischer. And I'm Grant McCarran, and we're bringing aviation right into your radio. Yes, we're making aviation cool and interesting for everyone. Hang on, aviation's always been cool. Check this out. How cool is this? Grant, Grant, turn that down. Here at Plane Crazy Down Under, we've got pilots, engineers, air traffic controllers, industry leaders, even politicians dropping by to talk to us about the amazing world of aviation right here in Australia and occasionally in New Zealand as well. Wow, that's cooler than I thought, mate. Find us at planecrazydownunder.com, on iTunes, or lurking about on other people's podcasts just like this one. We've got crazy accents and lots of great aviation content. And we promise not to talk about the cricket. No, never. Not the cricket. Quack, 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 quack. <laughs> what is cricket, anyhow? Something we win a lot. Oh, there oh. It is. <laughs> so, Myla, tell us a bit about what you've been doing the last few months, then. Um, yes, well, uh, what have I been doing? I'm distracted by all those messages. Obviously, lots um, of training. <laughs> <laughs> yes, yes, I've been... Uh, Actually, one of my friends was preparing for a grading, and she picked up her training um, by flying very regularly and training uh, a lot, and um, we kind of joined up in that, so that I uh, also did a lot of training. And uh, three, I think it's three weeks back now, I got a call from an airline saying they wanted to invite me to, uh, to do a job interview. Uh, if I was available the week after. So they were giving me nine days exactly to prepare. Wow. Um, yeah, that was rather short notice. Or, well, actually, in this case, it's the way they do it. Um, so I flew over to Dublin on a Wednesday afternoon, and then I had my job interview, my grading, my assessment on Thursday. And a um, few days later, I got an email saying that, congratulations, uh, you're hired. Oh, so, wow. Well yeah. done. I mean, I mean we, we, we've all been lucky enough that we've been following your, your sort of story, if you like. And I mean, I can only imagine how, because I'm sure I speak for everyone in the studio, we know that you have worked so hard oh, yeah. to get to this point. And I mean, you must just be so excited to have sort of, sort of almost so close to literally living the dream. Exactly, yes. And I've had so many wonderful responses. I have had colleagues who brought me flowers who were so happy for me and um, yeah it, it's it's just been so nice everybody's response has been wonderful and um, um, I've been working very hard for it and it does pay off so now it feels like I really did earn it and I mean, it must almost feel so surreal, mustn't it? I mean, you know, I mean, just like you, you're like literally pinching yourself, thinking, "It has this real, you know, is this really happening? It's just so cool." Yes, and my email box is overflowing with emails of things that I need to send in, and resumes, and paperwork, and there's a lot of paperwork. I've spent the past week doing nothing but paperwork, mm. and I even cut back on my hours at work so I could have enough time to you know, figure out all the paperwork and do all, all the things and, and arrange everything and start up a company and, 
you know, find housing and, and plan things and, and transfer my licenses and wow. my medical and... Um, so what, what, was that, what was that initial interview like, Myla, that you had, you know, when you went across to Dublin for the interview? You know? Okay, so the assessment day has three parts. Mm. Um, you fly in the simulator, that's the first thing you do. Then you have a theoretical assessment, or like a job interview, like a um, theoretical interview, where they just ask you questions about flying and, you know, the airplane and how things work. And then there's the, H the HR interview, where they ask you, you know, why do you want to work for this company? What have you been doing in the past? Training? What kind of a person are you? Um, and it takes up the entire day, basically. Um, I was lucky enough to be the first one to go into the simulator that day, and also um, one of the first few to have my theoretical interview and my HR interview. So I already finished all the uh, the three aspects before lunch, um, which was nice. But you know, you don't just leave after you're done. You just stick around because there's eight, other, there's seven other people there with you, and you kind of just hang out the entire day and you know, wish everybody good luck, and when they come back from the simulator, you share stories about what happened and, you know, how things went. So basically, you spend the entire day there, and you, um, we made a WhatsApp group with the people who were there, and, you know, kept in touch, and, uh, and uh, you know, rooted for each other, and, um, um, yeah, so, so you just spend an entire day together, and um, it's, it's, um, it's draining. Yeah, At the end of the day, you're just, you're just done. <laughs> I bet you're absolutely... Well, I mean, it's safe to say we've, get, we've got some amazing... Uh, um, uh, like some great messages in the chat. Everybody wishing you, uh, mm. you know, you've done you've done so well and lots of congratulations. Quite rightly, uh, be you know deserved sort of coming in. Actually, Masha's asked a great question. Uh, she's saying, "How long uh, will the training take? Uh, when will you start flying actual passengers?" Um, well, first you get one week of training. I started on July 3rd, so that's in three weeks. Wow. Um, you get one week of training in England, uh, where you do a firefighting course, and uh, you go down the slides and, and some other things. Oh, it sounds like great and fun. Sorry. <laughs> <laughs> Yay, slides! <laughs> <laughs> I think there's also three exams, but I'm not sure what they're on. Yeah, no, well, so. I'll tell you what. You do the exams, I'll do the slides. That's fine. <laughs> <laughs> exactly. <laughs> and so you spend one week there, and then I think it's... A uh, month of theoretical training, CBT training, and for me that's in Amsterdam. I do my type reading course in Amsterdam, and um, you can choose between England and Amsterdam. Mm. Um, and then after that you go into the simulator, and you have, uh, I think it's four or five weeks of simulator training, and then also there's an exam, and you have to do some actual landings in an empty aircraft. Wow. Mm. And then um, you get uh, linked up with a line training captain who's going to teach you, you know, the basics of the operation. And you'll have a safety pilot there with you. And then after, you know, you show that you're competent and you've been doing well, they uh, sign you off. And then you're just a regular first officer and you're employed by the... Uh, um, yeah, by the contracting company. Wow. So, so, so basically, you're, you're so good, Marla, you'll be flying in a, in a few weeks' time. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Hell. Next week, preferably. Hell, yeah. Uh, Marsha's yeah, asking... So there's, there's 
there's quite a while that you're, you know, still training and, and you're, you really start out as a student and then after a month or three, you just gradually, you know, make your way into the company. And then... Um, Mash has asked yeah. another question actually, Marla. Do you get any say on where you will be based? They ask for your top three bases. So you can, you know, tell them I would like to be stationed there, there, and there. But they cannot make, can I give you any guarantee of whether you'll be placed there or where they're going to put you? Mm. Um, I would prefer it to be a country where I speak the language. Mm -hmm. um, I think that's just, understandable. You know, in <laughs> case, if you need to find housing or if you, you know, ever need to visit a doctor or something, then that's just a lot more easier than. Mm being somewhere where they have nice beaches but you don't know how to communicate with people. Oh, I don't know. Uh, <laughs> Malaga was a great <laughs> six months. Yeah. I have no Spanish whatsoever. You're oh. an exception. <laughs> <no>. <laughs> yeah, yeah. yeah. Do, do, uh, Mike has asked um, a question, Mike. Mike has asked, do they provide you with housing during your stay when you're doing these sort of courses and stuff? Um, no, they give you a very nice list with accommodations where you could, you know, get in contact with people to find a place to stay. And the costs during the training are deductible, but they don't provide you um, with with housing or with, with anything else. It's not a cheap thing, this piloting thing, is it? No, hey? no, but you, but you already know that, to be fair. I know, I know. <laughs> Absolutely. Uh, it, so, it sounds like, it sounds like a, yeah. you know, a lot of fun, Marley. You know, it's, it's yeah. obviously a... A, a long process, but you know, hopefully you'll, yeah. you'll have fun on on the way. And I'm speaking for I'm sure everyone uh, that listens to the show, obviously, who's been following your progress over many years, uh, as I say. And I'm I'm sure I'm speaking for everyone here in the studio and in the chat room, and who listens to the show every single week. All like nearly ten thousand of them now. Uh, it's <laughs> just we are so so proud of you and so excited, and we can't wait to hear all about it. We really can't. Let's give a round of applause, come on. Yeah, here, here. Oh, I'll drink yeah. to that. Oh, Cheers. Thank you. Absolutely. Yeah, thank yeah. yeah. You. There you go. <laughs> it's, yeah, no, well done. We're, we're really, really pleased for you. No, it's, it's so nice. Uh, and and she'll, be flying, she'll be flying an aircraft that you successfully landed not so long back, Matt. Yeah, will you stop going on about that? <laughs> Sorry, <laughs> I'm just, just going to keep saying. just want to say. I, I, would, I would like to add to that that I've had a lot of people help me and train me and guide me and, you know, keep me in a positive mindset. So it's... It, without them, I might not have been able to do it, and 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 I really want to say that a lot of people have really helped me through. You know, it's been six years since I graduated, and all this time, I've there have been moments where I wasn't as confident yeah. as I am now that it's going to work out. Good. So I really should say that, you know, thank you to everybody who's been there for me and who's helped me along the way. So. Wonderful. So I have a question. Um, obviously, you're probably most excited about uh, getting on the aircraft and flying it for the first time um, in the uniform and uh, with passengers in the back and everything. But uh, aside from that, what are you most excited about? You, you've taken the only things that she was excited <laughs> <laughs> You've taken them away, Owen. What no, do you the, like? The uniform. That the uniform. That is exactly I'm excited about. Yeah. You know, it's just an entirely new step. I was invited to the job interview during my vacation, during my time off, and I came back to work after I'd applied for the, or after I'd done the, um, the grading and the assessment, and I came back with 
several of my colleagues having life-changing news. Some of them bought houses, some of them are trying to get pregnant, and those are all things that really change your life mm -hmm. from the way it is right now. And I think I'm in that position as well. Um, this is really like the next step, the thing I've been working toward for a very long time, and the entire journey, all the steps in between the entire process, that's, that's what I'm looking forward to, and that's you know, what I'm most excited about, to finally move from the place where I'm right now um, to that Boeing 737 and, and finally starting to gain experience and building, you know, hours and getting it is so exciting. Now, I, I do have to ask one question, though, obviously. There is a very important part of any first officer or captain's job, and that involves pressing a little button that goes bing-bong that everybody can hear, and then you have to make a little announcement. Now, have you, <laughs> have you worked out what you're going to say during your little briefing that you give to the passengers? Have you worked all that out yet? Or am I now terrifying you and you don't want to do it anymore? <laughs> <laughs> I think that's part of the training. Oh, is it? Ah, oh, right. Okay. Yeah. We'll, come, we'll come back to that later. Yeah, okay. Fair enough. All right. Good. <laughs> uh, let's, let's hope so. Oh, I, do you know what? I would give anything to be on that first flight. I yes. Know. Yes. Uh, I would literally give up, you know. Uh, we'll you know. we'll make that our first flight to Amsterdam. Right. Okay. Yeah. Oh, definitely. Uh, how cool would that <laughs> I'm, be? I'm well, as I, say, as I say, from all of us here, Milo, we are so, so pleased for you. And, uh, yeah, another little round of applause, I think. Well done, yes. my dear. You, yeah, well, bravo, bravo. Thank you. Milo's joined that big group now, you see. We've, well, the, we've, we've, got, we've got Pip, yeah. we've got Nick, yeah. we've got Al, yeah. you know, and now, yeah, and he? obviously Matty Fab, because he's yeah. kind of, you know, he's, 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 he's making his way there, and, and is, Milo's yeah, there now. It's all good. It he's, is all oh, good. blimey. <sighs> so we have been chatting, obviously, about our 200th show, which is going to be in January next year. Uh, that's going to be on the 20th. Of 20th January. Of January. Saturday the, the 20th. 20th. Saturday the 20th yep. of January. Absolutely. And uh, like I said, we're going to try and get, I mean, we, we have obviously got a very limited amount of people that we can get yep. um, to, to come down to the simulator in London, which is um, at uh, East... East, East Putney, Putney. Is that's it, East yeah. Putney. But uh, further details of, of where uh, where that is, obviously, will be sent to the successful uh, ballot, ballotees, for want of a better word. So, yes, if you yeah. would like to be put in the draw, um, w I mean, we're not going to be doing it for a little while yet, but if you'd like to be put in the draw, send us an email. email us. We've had uh, one, actually, while we've been doing the show. Oh, fantastic. Dan Good. Hannington Oh, excellent. Us. Good. Yeah. That's what we like to hear. Yeah. So, uh, yes, get your, uh, your, uh, your, um, your request uh, to be put in the ballots, please to podcast at plaintalkinguk.com that's podcast at plaintalkinguk.com we're going to do a live show from there yep. we're going we to are. hopefully have a bit of sim time yep. Uh, yep. and all that so it, you know and uh, mother's even going to do some catering so yeah, there'll even be, be munchies Ooh. available so you can taste the very fine smith munchies that mother specializes in and for those of you who uh, didn't see the the kind of the bits that we took the video that we had from the sim session when we were there a few weeks back mm. um, Matt is in the process of putting together a little kind of promotional ad really for the guys there at NP it's um, a kind of promotional ad that we're gonna have on the show yes yeah, indeed absolutely yeah uh, um, so you'll be able to see um, yep. some some of what they do. Absolutely. Well, there, there was loads of footage when we when we put the uh, the video out. Um, so if you go back to that episode, that's the one with the MP uh, solutions simulations. Uh, simulations. Sorry, that's not <laughs> solutions. Simulations. Uh, and uh, we put out some footage of our um, 
of, of our time there in the sim and uh, with you lot with, with with you guys landing at um kai tak kai tak and all sorts yeah. isn't it yeah, yeah absolutely yeah, and you landing at Heathrow. Yes, yes, all right. Glo- okay. Gloss over that and move on. Uh, <laughs> well, how do you, which, which how you, do you find the, uh, the sim? Do you enjoy sim time? Yeah. Or uh, seeing as you're going to be spending the I next suppose, six months? I suppose it, I sp- the, yeah, it must well, feel very different, I suppose, where, when, when you're yeah, being assessed as to whether you're, you can carry on, essentially. I mean, it's like for us, it's great fun because obviously we're, you know, we're, we're, we're just having fun. Having fun. You know, but <laughs> it must, it must it feel day. very different when you are being assessed on literally everything Actually, you Actually, the simulator that Myla goes in, I think, is, is yours a fixed-based Myla or is it a, a full-motion simulator that you, you train in? Well, I go to two locations. One location is a fixed-based simulator of the 737-800, and the other location is a 737-400, and that's um, a full-flight one, so that one moves. Yeah. Oh, wow. yeah. And the uh, the um, um, what's it called? Anyway, there are slight differences between them between yeah. the t- the two cockpits, um, and um, and they handle a little bit differently because mm. I think the eight hundred is a little bit longer. The aircraft is a little bit longer. Yeah. But um, um, I mean, I honestly thought. I mean, the thing is, I mean, I actually got motion sickness when we were. When we were in the, when I was, because I was sat at the back of the plane in in it, so sort of watching mm. what was going on, and I was sort of standing around, and I kept. I, as I say, I actually, it's it's surprising how realistic um, a fixed base one actually is. It's it's uh, it's uh, scary stuff, really. As I say, but obviously not a patch on a on a full on a full motion um, thing. But uh, yeah. Anyway, that is where we have to start wrapping up the show if you want to in- interact with the show obviously lots of ways to do that so our website is www.plaintalkinguk.com you'll find us on facebook it's facebook.com forward slash plain talking uk our twitter handle is at plain talking uk and of course please get your feedback into us we don't mind whether it's in writing or uh, audio would be even better please yeah. send that into podcast at plain talking uk Dot com. So that is where we bring episode number 168 to a close. Uh, Owen, thank you very much, as always, for uh, joining us here thank live in the studio. Thank you for having me. Uh, and obviously, Myla, what can we say? Uh, thank you so very much. It's been a real keep pleasure to have you on. Please do keep us keep all posted. posted. We want to hear all absolutely, about it. Absolutely, I will. Yeah. <laughs> good, good, good. Pictures, 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 Indeed. pictures, Myla. Like, absolutely. Thank you for yeah. having me. It's been so much fun. You're a star. So from all of us here in the studio and the lovely Myla somewhere near our Eindhoven. Owen, who's made it all the way over here from, well, Stansted, frankly, it is where we say goodbye. Thanks very much for watching and listening, guys. Take care. Bye-bye. Bye. Bye. Bye.